1: I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted us to visit the letter from Paul to the Church of Colossae. And in the first chapter, Paul, as his usual custom, introduces himself and goes through his normal introductory passage. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God, our father. This letter, as you read it, addresses a number of issues. Paul is responding to erroneous teachings that have been adopted by some Christians at the church in Colossae. We do not know specifically the name of the group or movement that Paul is addressing, but we do have insight on his response. So as we go through the writings of Paul as addressed to the church of Colossae, I think we all can find some similarities to modern day teachings and those who propose erroneous doctrines or false teachings. Paul says in verse 3 We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth. Now, I want to pause. Paul, throughout this book, either overtly or through inference, addresses this concept of truth. And as I always share with Uh, those who attend my workshops, truth is telling something like it is. Truth is telling something like it is, or that which correspond to its object. Scripture tells us that God is truth. So if we are able to say that God is ontologically true, meaning that his nature is rooted in truth, then we are accurate in our depiction of God. God is not influenced by our money. He is not influenced by our positions. God is not influenced by our family pedigree. God is not influenced by our social nor political affiliations. When God speaks to us, he is speaking from A totally objective, transcendent perspective. So when God speaks to us through his word or through his Holy Spirit, he is indeed speak to us the truth. We may not like it. It may not sit well with us. But it's better to hear the truth from a perfectly loving God than to live a lie. God is like our doctor's. If you are seriously ill or if you are doing things that will harm you, a good doctor will tell you the truth. We may not want to hear it, but we know that it's true and that it is good for us. So Paul says that he's praying always for the Christians in Colossae since he heard of their faith in Christ Jesus and the love which he has for all the saints and which they have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for them in heaven just as in all the world also is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as he has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it. So let's go back to this hearing in the word of truth. Paul indicates that These Christians in Colossae previously heard the truth, which intimates that whatever they're hearing now is not necessarily true before they heard the truth. But now some are not just hearing the truth, but they are adopting other teachings, other doctrines, which is inconsistent with what they heard before. So we're looking at verse four. We know that these Christians are receiving Paul's letter in anticipation of hearing from God in terms of the message coming out of Paul. So Paul addresses this, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth. I keep going back over this because in today's culture, in today's society, there are some churches who are not teaching the truth that was once deposited to the Christian church. The gospel, verse five, which has come to you just as in all the world. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit. And increasing Paul's talking about the gospel. And that's what happens with the gospel. When we follow the script of the gospel. When we allow God's word to penetrate our hearts. When we start trusting God for who he really is and believing in what he's uh, shared with us regarding Our lives, when we start sacrificing, when we start putting on the whole armor, when we start transforming our minds, when we allow our minds to be renewed, when we start doing those things that God is asking us to do. Then what we are in essence, what we are saying to the world and others is Look at God's word bear truth in my life. Look at God's word bear fruit in the life that I'm living. It's not just talking about being a Christian, it's also living out the creeds that God has given us so that others may wonder, How can I get to know this Jesus that you report about? The gospel. It's literally the good news. And how many of us, if you have good news, wouldn't go out and share with someone else? If you saw a sale in the newspaper or saw it on television and you went and were able to partake of this great sale, let's say if it was 80 percent off, how many of you wouldn't call your girlfriends and call your uh, boyfriends or, or men call your friends and say, Hey, you need to go check this out. They have a great sale in the same way. The woman at the well who was conversing with Jesus, when Jesus told her about herself, ran back to her community and she said, come see a man, come see a man who told me all about myself. And I believe that this is Yahshua. I need you to come talk. to." I'm telling you, this man is legit. So she, in essence, shared the gospel with the community, just like we ought to share the gospel with the community that we live in. So Paul, in his introduction, is basically setting the foundation of Christian faith. The Church of Colossae. He's encouraging them at this point that the word that they heard previously is the truth. And that word is the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. You and Jillian in the Greek, which has come to you. Talking about Jesus Christ has come to them. And when you accept Christ, we are drawn closer to Jesus Christ. Just as in all the world, also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. He's talking about the word again, even as it has been doing in you. Also, since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Second time he's used the word truth in this introductory passage, the grace of God in truth. And God's grace is rooted in truth. God's grace, grace meaning unmerited favor. Just think about it. God giving us something we don't deserve. And at the same time, he's not giving us what we do deserve. So grace is God showing his favor on us by not abolishing or utterly destroying us. Conversely, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve and we deserve death. We deserve to be utterly destroyed. But God being rich in his mercy, sent Jesus to Christ, that we would not be utterly destroyed as a human race, that we would have a savior by the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. And it is in him that we have been spared and, and he atoned for our sins. And it it is the shedding of that blood that has redeemed you, that has redeemed me. And because we are grateful, we are following him. We are allowing Christ to lead us in the way of righteousness. And my life is now adjusted to be, that of Christ in terms of what he's prescribed through his word. So Paul is reminding this church, just as they had learned before that the gospel is rooted in the truth of God. Just as you learn it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bond servant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the spirit for this reason. Also, Paul writes, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, as well as understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I love the way Paul sets it up. Paul tells the church that him and his colleagues are praying for them, that he's praying for them to continue in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's continuing and encouraging them to not ceasing from praying. He's encouraging them to walk in a way that's worthy of God's approval. And Paul, along with his colleagues, Epaphras, his beloved bondservant. He talks to them about how faithful Epaphras is. But he says, for this reason. Him as well as Epaphras, since the day they heard about the church in Colossae, have not stopped praying for them. That they may be filled with the knowledge and the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. How many of you pray for spiritual wisdom and understanding? Paul saying, doing so, then the church in Colossae will be able to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. So if there's no spiritual wisdom. There's no uh, manner that's worthy. If there's no spiritual understanding, then there's no walk that's worthy in terms of pleasing God. So all of us, Paul is speaking to us that we ought, to pray for spiritual wisdom as well as understanding and not just pray for it, but we must do our part to make sure that we are obtaining spiritual wisdom, that we may apply it to the situations of life. Wisdom is knowledge applied. It's not enough to say, I read God's word. The question is, are you applying it? It's not enough to say I'm a Christian. The question is, are you living out the tenets of Christianity? It's not enough to say that I'm born again, but are you living as one who has a new life? It's not enough to say that I'm a Christian, but are you following the teachings of Jesus Christ? So all of us, are being charged and all of us are being encouraged to walk in a manner that's worthy of our calling. Are you practicing spiritual wisdom and are you designed to have spiritual understanding? And once we start applying the teachings of the Bible to our lives, it will become evident to those around us that we really have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, that our faith is in action. Once we start sacrificing, once we start making changes in our lives, it will impact those around us. Paul tells the uh, church of Colossae so that you, you will walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, Bearing fruit that goes that phrase again, bearing fruit. So if you're listening to me, my question to you is, are you bearing fruit? And by bearing fruit, we're talking about spiritual fruits, not just gaining material wealth or affluence, not just harb- harboring and, and taking in uh, things that can be corrupted by moth, but are you investing in things that are spiritual? Are you witnessing to your family? Are you witnessing to your coworkers? Are you witnessing to people that you meet in the grocery store or at the post office? Are you spreading the gospel? Are you making a spiritual investment? Do you take the information that you learn from Sunday worship or Bible study and adopt it in your personal life at home? Are you living out the creeds and the tenets that God expects of us? Think about how different many of our relationships would be if we started adopting the principles and tenets of the scripture. Think about how much more joy we would have if we put in practice the teachings of the gospel. That's what Paul is talking about. We must change our paradigm. We must change our mindset to walk in a way that's worthy of the Lord, to please Christ and not first to please man. And in pleasing Christ, he'll show us how we can work and get along with our brothers and sisters in Christ or those that are not part of the household of faith. So Paul says uh, to the church of Colossae that he wants them to walk in the way that pleases God in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So again, this is a wonderful passage. Paul, as he's dealing with this introductory passage, shares with the church of Colossae that he wants them to be, steadfast meaning unmovable Paul wants them to be solid in their faith and not only does he want them to be solid but he wants them to practice patience while being steadfast in the faith and the question to all of us is are we willing to be steadfast in the faith are we willing to say this is what the Bible is teaching and if you teach anything that's different, it is erroneous, it is heresy, and I can't accept it. Are we willing to be bold enough in Jesus to stand for the righteousness and the integrity of the gospel? Remember, when we first started this episode, we talked about truth. Truth is telling something like it, like it is, or truth is that which correspond to its object. So if anybody comes to you with another gospel other than the gospel that we have received from the first century apostles, let them be accursed. That's what Paul says in Galatians, the first chapter. So, again, in this letter, he's uh, commanding, he's encouraging, he's imploring the church of Colossae to remain steadfast. And as we go through this book, you'll soon realize why He's encouraging them to remain steadfast. I do realize that uh, many of you may watch uh, certain teachers and preachers on television. My encouragement to you is to test the spirit by the spirit. My encouragement to you is to make sure that you filter what you are hearing by the word of God, meaning read the Bible for yourself and do your own study. I encourage you to even take what I'm saying and test it by the spirit. I'm encouraging you not to take my word for it, but open up your own Bibles and make sure that what I'm saying is truthful and actually contextual. This is not an episode on uh, biblical interpretation, but I implore you. There's nothing better than learning how to study the Bible for all its worth. And that's important. If we are going to remain steadfast, before we can identify the heresy, we have to first know the truth of God for ourselves. So Paul encouraged the church of Colossae to remain steadfast. And not only steadfast, but be patient. And in being patient and steadfast, joy will come about. Then we're able to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us. We're not Looking for anybody else to impress, but we want to impress the Father. And in impressing the Father, in pleasing the Father, that's worth a lot more than anything else. I hope that you would join us as we continue these episodes on the reading and the uh, highlights of the letter to the uh, uh, Colossian Church by Paul himself, and that uh, you would. Support us in our ministry and in our attempt to share God's word abroad. So, again, thank you. And please consider becoming a financial partner of Sound Reasoning. Uh, We need your assistance, your prayer. And, again, please consider uh, being a financial supporter.
0: That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1 9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught, so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.